Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I've said it like five times. I don't see Bill Belichick, you know, uh, letting Mac Jones really control the situation. Earlier on the show, CEO of All Elite Wrestling, Tony Khan. Coming up, NBC Sports broadcaster, Mike Tirico. University of Colorado head coach, Deion Sanders. From ABC's Big Sky Deadly Trails, actor Rex Lynn. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Yes, hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on the Roku channel. It's free on all Roku devices. Select Samsung Smart TVs, Amazon Fire TV. We are free on the Roku app because guess what? The Roku channel can be found in it for free. The RokuChannel.com is, wait for it, wait for it. What's the word for it, Chris? That's it. See, that's that's the sort of material you learned at the uh, at the great uh, yeah. institution of higher learning in Syracuse, right? Correct. Uh, I learned to go a falsetto when saying the word free. Ray, is that what it was? Yeah. Is there a class for that? Free. You know who would know that curriculum? The man who's right oh, here on the yeah. phone line right now. Uh, the man who calls Sunday Night Football on NBC and is going to be calling the big Sunday Night Football game. Uh, of super wild card weekend, fresh off of thawing out from Green Bay, watching the Detroit Lions eliminate Green Bay and send Seattle to San Francisco to kick off that super wild card weekend. Joining us here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show is our friend, my friend, Mike Tarico. How are you, Mike? I believe the falsetto class was added after my departure. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Yes. That, the, the curriculum was not as in-depth. We, we were just kind of trying to put the tubes in the back of the TV, you know, and the yes. and I had how to help people watch TV and back in the old days. Yeah, I'm, I'm old school now. That's, what was the first what was the first game you called uh at Syracuse? You remember? The what was the first, first one? The first game of anything that I called is Syracuse football at Virginia Tech mm-hmm. in 1985 as a sophomore on the radio. Okay, so yeah. who was the quarter? Walk me through the starting lineups of that day. What do you got? Wow, so the Syracuse, geez. Now, I, I don't have that chart available at the moment, Rich, but uh, we're, we're talking the Dom McPherson era of quarterback at Syracuse. It's before Blacksburg became the, the uh, I guess, attraction that it is in college football right yes. now. Yes. So uh, I remember specifically, you know, we drive to all the games. Dick McPherson was the head coach at Syracuse. Yes. Uh, one, one of my favorite, one of my favorite people ever be around. Uh, you know, you drove up to the Kickalane Stadium at that time, and it was really just bleachers, no boxes. 
There were cows out on the front area of the over to the left of the stadium because there's a great ag department at Virginia Tech. Those were good Syracuse teams. That's some NFL guys. Moose Johnson was on the team. Their best receiver was Scott Schwade. He was at a punt return for nice. touchdowns. There you go. Good call that I had in my life. There you go. And Tim Tim Green, uh, who's you know, on Fox for a long time, terrific author, has dealt with some uh, unfortunate medical issues since he was on the team. Doug Marone. Doug Marone would have been on that team. There you go. Uh, see, I yeah, knew you'd see. There you go. There you go. I, I just I knew it would take you some time, but you, you, you'd get to you'd get to some of the, the notables right there. And, yeah. and then in terms of basketball, I think that was Ronnie Cycli's ninth year of eligibility, 1985, <laughs> no, right? No, see, Wasn't that? The good news was like that, that, that's when you could actually name people on basketball teams that oh, were not yeah. your own. Oh. College basketball has become this um, nameless abyss because of guys who play one year and go on to the NBA. And that's not begrudging anybody. It's just... The platform has changed where guys don't stay for two or three years. But Derek Coleman, Ronnie Spikley, oh, Sherman Douglas, Stevie Thompson, good teams on Big Monday on a regular basis. Those those were the salad days, if you will. Good oh, my time. gosh. That was the Big East being the Big East days. And you mentioned Big Monday. I remember doing sports centers on Big Mondays in between uh, games two and three of Big Mondays, man. And that's when the Big Mondays were born in the 80s. And I got there in 96, you know. That, that, that's right. And that's when you'd like – that's when you sneak in like a Big West game at midnight as well. That's right. Uh, and I remember when when uh, the studios, I don't know if you were there at that point, when the studios were not, uh, we didn't have enough studio space for everything we were doing. Yeah. And then a garage, the garage. to house some of the uh, the trailers and oh, yeah. go around the country, the production trucks. They converted one of those into a studio. We did NFL Prime Monday, the precursor to Monday Night Countdown, yes. in, the, in a garage studio. And then we would do hoop wraps. So you do cold nights in January where you're waiting for the midnight game and you walk out and it's freezing cold and it snowed. It's miserable. Those, those are good days. Those I think days. I, I might have done a deuce wrap, uh, you know, a couple a couple of administrations removed from the Fennis Dembo days of Wyoming basketball. I might have done that. And I remember the garage is famous for the, the time where I think Kilbourne refused to do a Duke, North Carolina halftime because it was on ESPN2. I think that was a that, I think that was a famous moment in the garage studio five or whatever it was called back in the day. I think I yeah. think Fowler when it was the whack. I, mean, I don't know if it was Chris or somebody. Right. Somebody dubbed it the midnight snack from the whack. Uh, <laughs> when 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 whack basketball was a staple of the uh, the midnight window on a couple of those nights. Oh my those gosh! Are, those are fun days. College college hoop wraps in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember all those days, too, man. And uh, Mike Tirico joining us here before the Ravens and the and the Bengals and, uh, you know, Fowler. I just had him in the studio last Friday calling the national championship game. It's it is just amazing. Um, right here on the on the Rich Eisen show, Mike Tirico. Let's jump into it. Looks like yeah. is Tyler Huntley. What do you think? First blush right now. You, you don't have a crystal ball, as coaches like to say. But um, yeah. I, I don't know. That's that you might get Huntley v. Burrow on Sunday night Wait, right now. Yeah. To hear what happens at practice today, you know the, this Lamar Jackson situation is interesting. Chris is interesting in so many ways. Rich, let's just start with the basics. You know, you, you're talking about a guy who's got a PCL injury. We don't we don't know because we haven't been getting the medical updates, but he hasn't been at practice at all. Right? We were there for a game. He wasn't on the field even watching practice, which I found to be unique. Um, you know, then you wrap it all into what about the contract? What do you do? This is the end of a second straight season where he's missed multiple games at the end of the year because it was an ankle injury last year. It's a knee injury this year. Mm-hmm. You've got to make a decision on a long-term contract. He's his own agent. Uh, there's a lot of questions. The Roquan Smith deal yesterday leaves them space to 
make him the franchise player. But in the immediate, in the short term, this team can win a 16-13 to 13 game with Tyler Huntley quarterback. They've done it. I thought Huntley was really good the year before, Rich. Yep. Remember the Green Bay game, which was his first start? Unbelievable. He was up and down the field with Aaron, and he hasn't been that good this year. Can he be that version of Tyler Huntley in the playoffs in Cincinnati? If he can put a couple of touchdowns on the board, it gives them a chance against Baltimore. If uh, against Cincinnati, if not, I don't think Baltimore can win a game like that. I really don't. Well, he had two in the air, two on the ground against Green Bay, and that was a game where John Harbaugh decided to go for two at the end because uh, Aaron Rodgers was torching his defense, and he wanted to just get the win right there. And you're right that the difference between that day and that team and this one uh, is they are receiver challenged right now. I yeah. mean, they when I was when I saw them in Week 15, Browns Ravens in Cleveland, they were in the midst of a 10 game stretch without a single offensive touchdown from a wide receiver zero and and mark andrews was on a on a, on a streak like that as well i uh, i i you know and and it just maybe they'll run huntley more than they did because it is there is no tomorrow uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that might be the way we're looking at the ravens going into this game uh unless lamar has a, a 72 hour period that we haven't seen him have over the last four weeks i don't know and you can make and you can make the argument it shows you how valuable he is to this team and this offense. And it's a contract that if you don't pay him, you're not going to find a guy to replace his MVP, unanimous MVP level skill set that we saw when he won the award in 2019. But by the same token, if he doesn't play and you continue on this path, can you play winning football and win a game in different styles? That's what the playoffs. Sometimes you've got to find different ways to win a game. What if Cincinnati jumps out and they go, boom, touchdown, second touchdown, and now you're down 14 nothing? How do you play? Can you, can you stick to the run? At some point, does somebody make a play? And their receiving core right now is Demarcus Robinson, who they added to be a three, and it's become a one because Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay got hurt. Mm-hmm. So it's Robinson, Sammy Watkins, James Crochet, and Tylen Wallace, who's been out most of the year and is just back up the last couple of weeks. That's it. That's their entire wide receiving core. If you fall behind this team like Cincinnati, the way Burrow and those guys can get going, you can't win that football game with that receiving core. Mike Tirico here on the Rich Eisen Show. And then, of course, the Bengals, you're calling the first game of the AFC title defense of the Cincinnati Bengals and the right to what appears to be go to Buffalo because Buffalo is going to start the Sunday that you're finishing on NBC with Chris Collinsworth and the rest of the crew uh, against Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins offense that that, that couldn't put up a point uh, in mm-hmm. the end zone against the Jets. So we're just assuming this is going to end up being, I know what assuming means sometimes, for the right to go to Buffalo. Uh, and the sense of Cincinnati uh, is they're, they're one of the hottest teams coming into the playoffs. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do in their titled events, Mike. Me too. You know. They have a loss in Halloween, Rich. And, you know, you watch Burrow and you just feel a confidence around Burrow, the receiving trifecta trio, uh, the way they are running the ball with Mixon was not good at the start. It's gotten better. It's not great, but it's gotten better. On the defensive side, they continue to make plays. Lou Anarumo, as we start to throw out all these names about this assistant coach deserves a look and so does this one. So does Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, who did a terrific job of moving the board and changing chess pieces and strategies last year as part of the Bengals' playoff run, and he's done it again this year. And 
look, you're gonna you're gonna get all the attention on the offensive side when you've got Burrow and Chase and Boyd and Higgins and all those guys. And don't forget the former Raven Hayden Hurst, who's now really kind of found a good role with the 50 plus catch season. This defense, they continue to make plays and use their personnel very well. Uh, I like them in this playoff run, and I like Anarumo as a candidate who I think teams that are looking should take a harder look. I haven't heard all the rumors and every name that gets thrown out there, but usually it's offensive guys. But Lou Anarumo is one that absolutely should be looked at, I think, by uh, the folks with the five openings right now in the NFL. Well, if you need a, a factor or a nugget about Lou Anarumo for the game, Mike, uh, he went to high school with my brother, and I went to high school with his sister, Susan <laughs> E. Wagner High School in Staten Island, New York. Um, if you want, I can text you that information if you don't have a pen right now. So um, there you have it for you. Very familiar with Susan B. Wagner High School. As a matter of fact, I think my alma mater, Bayside High School, played mm-hmm. Susan B. Wagner in a playoff game. It's Susan E. Wagner. Uh, e? Yes. It's, e? it's, yes, no relation to Susan B. Anthony, um, but Susan E. Wagner High School, um, which is where Lou went to high school with Jeffrey Eisen, and I went with uh, Elena Anaruma. Let me yeah. make that correction. Yeah. Susan E. Anthony. Yeah, yeah, right, correct. There you go. Very good. Uh, Mike <laughs> like but, so, again, if there's a blowout, again, you know, just uh, if you really just need to empty the, empty, you know, the, the, the case, uh, you can just do That's that. Island Rich. Yeah. Hey, so, you know, and, and you guys did a great job with your uh, your your TV studio partners in the booth. I enjoyed the Thank you. immaculate reception, 50-year anniversary game, and the Thanks, tone brother. of that, and then the, the game overseas, too. It was fun listening to you guys. Thank but you. As you know, now doing, doing games as you have for the last few years, there's a nugget or two that you always want to get into a game that mm-hmm. you just don't get to. Yep. And I tell you the one that, because of the way the Lions-Packers game went, I didn't have a chance to get to. If the AFC championship game is a neutral site game, let's go to Lambeau. Hmm. Let's go to Lambeau. I, it, it's about an 80-mile difference if you go Buffalo to Green Bay, okay. Kansas City to Green Bay. This is assuming that those are the two teams that are in it because that would be the, the scenario would happen. Yes. Let, let's, where, where I, I shouldn't say this without looking it up, but think of all the championship games that have been played at Lambeau over the years. There's no real home field because it's an NFC venue. Right. Um, they're both outdoor cold-weather teams. Yep. So I say, if it's going to happen, let's go to Lambeau. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I I do think the an AFC championship game at a neutral site should be played in the cold weather outdoor. I agree with yeah. you on that front because you got two cold weather outdoor games. Uh, fellow Syracuse alum Chris Brockman thinks it should be a warm weather site or a dome, right? That's what I mean, you're looking for. Mike Tom Coughlin's face still hasn't unfrozen <laughs> since the last. Hey, uh, you know, I swear NFC during the time. game, I almost brought up Tom Coughlin's face when I kept looking at Dan. Yeah, right. His nose. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Very Coughlin-like. Very Coughlin-like. The first thing I thought of, I'm like, ah, it's too far down the road. People not might, no. might, might not remember, but I'm like, Dan, come on, man. Are we, are we that cold? So Maybe. That, was a, that was a heck of a game. That was a uh, that was an impressive performance by, by his team. And, you know, all the folks who had their laughs at uh, biting kneecaps and all that stuff, um, I think they've seen the reality of what truly setting a culture means uh, by those guys going in there. And they were almost energized by the fact that it was their last shot that they couldn't get in the playoffs. It was an impressive performance. Well, before I let you go, I do want to hit you up, Mike Tarico, on the way the game ended. And by that, I don't mean mm-hmm. the, the actual on the field, but you picking up on the microphone, Jamison Williams coming up to him, the rookie wide receiver of Detroit, asking Aaron Rodgers for his jersey. And you heard him say, you know, I'm going to hold on to this one. 
And you you picked up on that right away, saying, could this be part of the conversation about what he wants to do moving on? And then he had that moment where he shoved a camera out of the way so you can have a private walk up the tunnel with Randall Cobb. Was there anything that you heard, picked up in any of the meetings prior to the game, conversations, buzz about Rodgers and his future there at all? Yeah, not, not specifically. It was just a tone, you know, and look, you know, it's been it's been oxygen for your and other shows yes. for the last few years. The the off-season atmosphere filled with speculation of where will it be? And it wasn't necessarily could it be the end, is it? And Aaron was very clear with, with us when we met with him during the year that, hey, if, if this season got out of hand for them, they might look at Jordan Love. They may decide organizationally because they've got other deci- they've got a bunch of decisions. Rogers is under contract for two more years. They've got decisions to make about do they start to go younger? They've got two young receivers. Do they start a move in that direction and move on from some of the veterans? We've seen teams do that. As we know, Parcells always told you, hey, say goodbye a year early as opposed to a year too late. That's how you stay relevant and keep going. Um, I, I based that question on what were they going to do with Jordan Love. It sounds like from the quote that you heard at the end of the regular season for management, They've seen enough of Jordan Love and know what they have to be confident in giving him the 50-year option and making a decision on that by May. That is okay because that really doesn't kick in financially until the following year. So they can run it back. But I think Aaron's aware of that. And, you know, Aaron, it, just because Tom's doing this at 45 doesn't mean that Aaron's going to do it until he's 43 or 44 or 45. So you just sense nothing specific, but just in general that there's the possibility, whether it's never again in the NFL or never again with the Packers, that Aaron was going to appreciate the moment just in case it is the end. And that just kind of fueled it. And maybe it's the end for Randall Cobb, and we don't know if Randall told Aaron anything about that. But to see those two wait for each other and walk off arm-in-arm just felt more than we got knocked out at the end of the regular season. Yeah, we're showing a photograph of it, like Rodgers is looking up into the stands. And he does. He's been doing that during the four-game win streak, too, when he leaves yeah. Lambeau and then, you know, give him the I love you sign with his hand. But, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it did feel like this is the last walk for the two of them together. But yeah. we, we had Andrew Whitworth in studio yesterday, and he had a unique take on on what you caught on the microphone of saying, I'm going to hold on to this one, was maybe Rodgers' way of being polite to a rookie wide receiver coming up and having the temerity to ask for his jersey after being eliminated like that and being polite saying, oh, I'm going to hold on to this one. Like that. Well, it was interesting. That's Aaron, what Aaron said at the press conference that like, I think he and Williamson had that conversation the game in Detroit. Oh. And he's like, I'll get you in Green Bay. So he kind of even added to that a little bit. Like there was already some foundation ah. laid for that. It, it wasn't. It wasn't taking the ball up to Tom Brady after picking them off. Oh my hey, God, Dra- ball. Drake Greenlaw. I mean, talk about that. Yeah, that that moment holds the beer of this moment. I mean, no question. My goodness. I mean, <laughs> hey Tom, I just picked you off in front of your whole family here, and in, in the spot where you grew up, and you wanted to be with wearing this uniform. And uh, how'd you like? Can you sign my football that I picked off from you? I'm like, my gosh, good Rich, lord! In the spirit of Joe Horn and the cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or Mixon and the coin in the sock last uh, week. When when is the DB going to pull a sharpie out of his sock after he picks a guy and then run right up to the quarterback with a sharpie? Right on the spot, like the, real time. You just gave someone the, the idea. So this week, or you can combine the two and take out the cell phone and then Instagram live it. You know, you can combine <laughs> you the two. As much as we laugh. 
probably coming to a game near you within the next 10 years. Sunday night. Maybe Sunday night. We'll see. <laughs> I'll be ready for it. Mike Tarico, thanks for the call. As always, you take care. You too, pal. All the best. You guys keep crushing it. By Sunday morning, start with you all. And, uh, thanks. You, you and the guys do an incredible job. Thank and, you. Uh, and, and Rachel and, and the team as well, and Cynthia. Thank so you. keep up the great work, bud. Thank you. Same to you, Mike Tirico. There's Mike Tirico. Sunday night football on NBC, calling Ravens Bengals AFC wildcard game Sunday, 8 15 p.m. Eastern on NBC. And yes, Peacock. So Sauce would out. have done that if they the Jets had made it, right? What? Sauce is a guy that would have done that. I don't know. Sauce put on the cheese head, right? It's the only moment he's had like that this season. He has his own barbecue sauce. I get it, and I know I, I understand he has that, but the only time this season on a field, either during the game or afterwards, that he has been brash and sort of yeah. on the edge of being uh, disrespectful. Otherwise, he has let his play speak for itself. Spoke loudly. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, I mean, the cheesehead wearing in front of the cheesehead crowd. Um, But I did not know that uh, Jamison Williams uh, said prior to in the the game where they beat him in Detroit, I'd like your jersey out. We'll get you in Green Bay because I'm assuming we'll beat you there. Happy to give you my jersey after that. First time the Lions have ever swept Aaron Rodgers. They've swept the Packers during the Rodgers administration, but he didn't start both games. First time that's ever happened this year. I bet you Rodgers didn't think it was possible. I mean, or that it it would happen. Would happen. And I would proffer to say that San Francisco would not be leading off the super wild card weekend (laughs) if Green Bay was the team visiting them, with all due respect to Seattle. Wild card weekend starts with Seattle at San Francisco. Eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial. We will take your phone calls in a moment. I've got my power rankings. Oh baby! Last chance to piss these gentlemen off <laughs> and have them heckle me while I tell you what's right. Uh-huh. That's next. <laughs> Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guests Work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 844-204-RICH, the number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show. The Rich Eisen Show radio network has rejoined us on our Roku channel. The Rich Eisen Show radio network, powered by Granger, with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Deion Sanders is our next guest, coming up in a half an hour time. Colorado football. He was here at SoFi, did you know that? Yeah. He's hopped he on the ESPN set. Oh, nice. Yeah, so uh, he was at SoFi in the National Championship game night. Uh, you know who the first team he's playing? God, Deion, don't look it up. Deion Sanders' first game as Colorado football head coach is at TCU. TCU's oh. next oh. game will be against Deion Sanders taking the Colorado Oof. Buffaloes <laughs> on the road, his first game at the national championship runner-up. I was going to say, because that story just broke, that they were trying to play Arizona State to open the season in that week zero, uh, but that's been denied, a uh, waiver by the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of T-date TBAs right now on their schedule. Yeah. But I'll, I, I, and I know I'm playing with fire here, talking about Georgia football with you, yeah. but, but Dion's, um, Dion's schedule is way tougher than Georgia's next year. Way tougher than Georgia football. There's a lot has been made of the Georgia football schedule. Didn't, and have, I, didn't have a great schedule, but when they play about, tough teams, they smoked them. How about this one? I mean, this is Dion's schedule next year. At TCU, September uh, the 2nd of, of uh, September 2nd. The Labor Day, Day weekend. Yep. Right. Uh, then the next week, home for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. How about that? His first game at home is against Matt Rule's Nebraska Cornhuskers. Interesting. Uh, and then Saturday, Colorado State. And then here are the other teams he's playing. He's got to go to Arizona State, home for Arizona, home for Oregon State, home for Stanford, home for USC. And his, he's got to go to Oregon, to UCLA, to Utah, and to Washington State. Might be rough for Dion next year. Georgia football. You ready for this one? 20, open up. Oh, okay. Okay. Open up. Saturday of Labor Day weekend. They are going to raise the banner against the UT Martin Skyhawks. <laughs> then after that, holy David Letterman, Batman, oh. Ball State. Oh. South Carolina visits. Oh. Um, and then after that, oh boy, Georgia welcoming in Trent Dilfer's UAB bla- Blazers. Blazers. At Auburn. Okay. Home for Kentucky. At Vanderbilt. That'll be so difficult. Georgia's got to take the next week off. Oh. The world's largest cocktail party in our first hour in studio guests stadium in, uh, in Duval. Home for Missouri. Home for Ole Miss. 
at Tennessee, at Georgia Tech. That's their schedule. You know what word is missing from it? Why don't they play Alabama every year? And I understand they, they're they, in different they, conferences. They do different play them divisions. every year in the SEC they championship don't, but game. Schedule them. What's up with that? Rich, why are you talking to me? I, don't, I have no, no idea. I, I, I'm, I'm talking to you. I can talk. look at anyone in the room. <laughs> He's a Georgia hey, proxy, though. I don't Rich. get it. I don't get it. They're and not yes, in the same co- in division and as yet, them. I, I understand that. I, I, well... You keep bringing it up. Then, so. then they should be put in the same division. Michigan's in the same division as Ohio State and Michigan State and Penn State. We're in the same division. And yeah, I don't know I what mean, they're By the way, that's one of the most amazing. I am on pins and needles, and I cannot wait to see. And the same thing with any other Big Ten fan. Where are they putting USC and, and UCLA? Are they just going to throw them in the other division? That would kind of even this out with all due respect to Wisconsin. Well, that's how geography works. And, and, <laughs> well, that doesn't really matter, though. <laughs> Doesn't really matter. Dallas Cowboys in the East. Yeah, okay, exactly. It kind of does. Yeah. By the way, the the uh, Atlanta Falcons weird. were in the in the NFC West for yeah. a very long yeah, time. Those are professional teams. Weird. College pretty much goes oh, by geography. Ever. Georgia mean, should whatever. play Alabama every it's the, year. By the way, I said that like a New Yorker. I called. Yes. I just said Alabama. Alabama. I don't know where that just came from. I just went full Francesa on you. But every year. But they don't play for two years in a row. Is that what? Is that how? How does it work in the SEC? How does it work? By the way, I'm an SEC be, person. I, I just, don't know. Just Chris, to be president of the SEC. I don't know. I mean, just to be fair and balanced, Michigan's out of conference football schedule ain't uh, lighting too many fires either. No, you guys had a joke last year too. Uh, Michigan opens up against East Carolina. Three. Then UNLV Please. comes to the big house, as does Bowling Green. Uh, there's, there comes the Bowling Green Massacre we heard all about about six years ago. Um, then Rutgers at oh, Nebraska. Yeah. Oh, it's the Bussin Bowl. Nights. It's the Bussin Bowl at Nebraska this time around. At Minnesota, hey. home for Indiana, at Michigan State, home for Purdue, at Penn State, at Maryland, home for Ohio State. Well, there's literally two good teams in the Big Ten East. I don't know. I mean, three. Well, three, including your own. I mean, well, Michigan played. State was down this year. Normally they're they're a lot yeah, better than they're that. Better than that usually. Normally yeah. they are. I think they're gay. Are they? they were, yeah, 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 a little better. Better than missing a yeah. bowl game, Chris. I don't know. At some point, and I'll say this too, like for sure, there there should be something about non-conference scheduling. They got to do something about that. I mean, there's no reason why. Uh, you know, I, I I haven't read Ohio State's schedule either, um, but. I just read you two of the nationally national championship semifinal teams out of conference schedule. You know, UT Martin, East Carolina should not be the first games no. for two of the follow no. f- follow it starting for follow up games. The schedule is made ten years in advance. Sometimes it's it's done sooner than that. As you know, as we and by the way, what, what's the ruling that they said that you can't switch Arizona State in there? I, I don't. They, uh, they, the for, they needed a waiver. I think Dion was just trying to make that game happen, and they denied well, it. Well, what's the waiver? You know, like, I mean, what's the... Mm. They make stuff up. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know why. I don't, like, sorry, Dion, you can't do it. Why? Stuff up. I don't know. There's a rule for it. <laughs> you know what? I'm reading Jeff Perlman's amazing book on Bo Jackson right now, and it's just a, just remarkable how times are different. And how times are changed in, in so many different ways. Did you know that Bo took a flight, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' Hugh Culverhouse sent a flight to Auburn 
for Bo to come work out for them in advance of the draft so they could take him, give him a physical. And, you know, because there were no computers back then where you could share MRIs and stuff and just scan it and send it and whatever. They flew him on a team plane and that immediately ended his baseball career. That's what ended his baseball career at Auburn. Oh, because it violated yes. whatever? Yeah, oh, yeah. wow. The SEC had rules. It was an SEC rule that said wow. that you violated your amateur <laughs> status. Right. And it's just like the SEC oh. was just like, there's gambling going on in Casablanca? Really? <laughs> in the mid-'80s, you took a flight to go work out. Oh. Crazy. Good God. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Jessica in Los Angeles, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Jessica? Hey, Rich. Uh, I have seen some fun rumors this morning. Yes. And tweets and whatnot regarding Lamar Jackson and Sauce Gardner. Uh, just looking like they're hanging out in New York. What would you think of Lamar Jackson in New York? <sighs> All right. <laughs> You just opened a door, Jessica, didn't you? You just opened a door. You opened that door. Because the Jets, you know, could have had Lamar back in the day, but they chose Sam Darnold instead. (laughs) They also overlooked Josh Allen at the time, too. So that's kind of the door. Don't play results. Don't play results. But Lamar at the time. You know, and I'll never forget that draft as well. I think the, the, um, what did the Saints trade up for somebody? Marcus Davenport. Right. And we all thought, there goes Lamar to Saint, to, we, to that, New Orleans. That is what we thought, yeah. And he wound up being there. Look, and, and here is my concern for anybody, and this is what the, the, the Ravens have to figure out, too. It's, it's what Tariko just referred to, Jessica. The best ability is someone's availability. And for the second straight year, it looks like Lamar Jackson is going to finish this season hurt. And he's going to finish this season watching his teammates finish the season without him. And um, and and that's, that's something that the... the the Ravens will have to take into account. And I, and, and, and I would be very wary of that. And thank you for the phone call. Uh, I, I, I started this program by saying that the, the Ravens will praise him to the rafters whenever you speak to them off camera, off camera and away. And, and you could sit here and say to them that then that has to be one of the most rehearsed lines of anybody because there has to be something that drives them crazy whether it's his style of play sometimes not working out or it's because he is so instinctive on the field. It works great in one aspect and it doesn't in the other. I told a story to start the program where John Harbaugh says he gets the same line from Lamar when he makes a great play as what mm-hmm. he does makes a play that makes a head scratcher, which is I'm just playing ball coach. How long can somebody be sustained at a successful level in the NFL if you are playing instinctively I'm not saying he doesn't come prepared clearly every quarterback spends tons of time in the film room and knows tendencies but when 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 push comes to shove and your big plays are more instinctively rather than stepping back and making throws in the pocket and Harbaugh said this as well in that meeting that I was referring to earlier on in the first hour of this program when we first heard that Lamar might not play is that he said that the Ravens have thought about it, and he's thought about it, that to succeed in the NFL with your pocket passers in the NFL, 
that you have to get somebody who's just as much of a unicorn as Lamar. That you have to find that person as well. And he thinks that the way that they're playing with somebody as good as Lamar is definitely sustainable long-term, more so than, or successful in the short-term and long-term, more so than trying to find the pocket passer that you could see the rest of the league is desperately trying to find and don't. That when you have somebody like Lamar, you should change your style to this rather than hoping to find the unicorn in the draft that so many teams try to find and don't have. And I found that interesting as well. And they they feel like they're they're striking a blow for the game with Lamar. With a style of Lamar's game. Certainly when people thought Lamar should have been a receiver at the combine instead of a quarterback, that they are planting a flag for the game by sticking with Lamar and believing in Lamar. And I'm just, again, wondering if his in- ability to be available potentially for the second straight time to end the season will affect any of that thinking because they love him. And I'm telling you, off camera, there's not a hint of, and the rehab's not going because Lamar's maybe not doing this or that, the other thing. Or, yeah, you know what, like Lamar's this or that, the other thing. Or maybe it is the contract. Nothing. I mean, when I say nothing, I mean zero. And this is a league where everybody talks. Everybody and that's fine and good. They can like him all they want, but we're a few days from Bach Purdy having the same number of playoff wins as Lamar. That's correct. Yes, sir. Here's, you got the John Harbaugh sound, if you don't mind, from the other day. This is, this is what he had to say when asked how Lamar's spirits were, were as he was going through, clearly, a, a rehab process that's taken way longer than anybody thought. Lamar's been in great spirits. I mean, he's, he has been. He's been working super hard. He's out there again today. I mean, I don't watch the workouts uh, with the trainers. It's with the trainers, and, and hopefully it's progressing to the point where he can get to practice at some time soon. I mean, that's, that's really what we're all hoping for, for sure, you know. And uh, um, when we have something to report on that, we will, honestly. I mean, that's just the truth of it. But he's been great. He's always in good spirits. You know, he's, he, he wants to play. There's no doubt. That's, that's my feeling. You know, I, I, I'm a Lamar, you know, I love Lamar. I love Lamar. There it is, everything about Lamar. Always have, always will. So um, he's working hard, been in good spirits. I mean, you hear that every time. And my point in bringing that up is, is that, look, you got a guy, Brock Purdy, who's the last pick of the draft. Sure. Lamar, who's a Heisman Trophy winner, and they're going to have similar career results. Like, evaluating the quarterback position is the most difficult thing to do. No doubt. In all of sports, you see people fail at it time and time again. Like Zach Wilson, all the pedigree, all the accolades, number two pick in the draft, can't win games. Would you take him? Looks like New England might be in the market. Would you take him? Lamar Jackson? Yes, sir. You know, I was kind you of pay, know what you interested pay. in Lamar You know, when, during that draft of, of Bill moving up and kind of just doing something different. Like like I said, I wanted Justin Fields a couple years ago. I, I want something different than what New England has had the last 20, well, maybe 30 years. And that's why, the Ravens did, that's why the Ravens you know, did that in a way. And it's in the same way like the pocket passer – as he said, it's so difficult to find that pocket passer. So let's go differently when we have somebody like a unicorn like Lamar. Might have been somehow informed in the fact that Flacco, they found, wasn't sustainable long term. 
They had that guy in Flacco. Yeah, and it's funny what is ending up being sustainable. You know, I, I said something about Fields being, you know, missing time because of injury. Right. He missed the same number of games this year as Mac Jones, who's a quote-unquote pocket passer. It's like it's really hard to evaluate. You have to have the right system, and you have to be willing to go all in on your guy and to change your offensive way of thinking to fit his specific skill set. And the Ravens have done that. It's been successful. Obviously, an MVP, they've won a playoff game. But the last two years, he's missed the end of the season and has not been available. So what exactly is the answer moving forward? It's really hard to tell. I, I just, I, if, if he becomes available for the Jets, I just don't think, you know, you, if, you, you, if you're going to spend $35, $40 million a year on that position. What, you want to guarantee that it's going to be for 16 games? Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be for somebody that um, that's kind of already proven themselves. And right now, the last two years, that'd be very difficult for me to do that right now. Yeah, we're now four seasons removed from his MVP. I, I'm now I, two. It's these last two years would give me pause. It really would. Certainly, when Brock Purdy, you choose somebody the last pick in the draft, you surround them with what you need to surround them with, and go to work. Brock Purdy now has the fourth best Super Bowl MVP odds. That is insane. Nobody knew who the guy was two months ago. So that mean he's a lock for offensive rookie of the year? I would when you think? say no. Again, though, we're we're talking about Brock Purdy like he's going out there like a one-on-one confrontation. It's not. He's got a defense that is unbelievable. Oh, no doubt, so which is why you're allowed, which is why you can play like, him there. Yes. Yeah, the whole I don't know how I feel about this like putting everything on the quarterback thing. Like saying well, this guy was Mr. Relevant. Uh, excuse me. He's the reason. The Ravens have a heck of a defense. They have got a championship defense, and Roquan Smith, I can't wait to see what Roquan Smith looks like paid, by the way. That's going to be big on Sunday night. He's been paid. And I bet you that is... Quan, uh, play Right, Quan. Quan he's, he's got the Quan the, the as well he's now in his Quan, bank yeah. account. <laughs> and, and, and he's going to... And, and, and yes, this is his first playoff game, too. That's a big factor. And if Lamar can come back, oh my goodness. And, and you will see the, my opinion on the difference that would make in my power rankings when we come back right here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH. Deion Sanders right behind that. Hey folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, let's get to my power rankings brought to you by my friends at NFL Stream. The NFL postseason, this one, coming up every Westwood One NFL broadcast streams live for free. The wild card round, the divisional round, the AFC and NFC championship games, the Pro Bowl games, and the Super Bowl. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. My power rankings, I decided, you know what, how do I do my power rankings now that this regular season is all over and one of the biggest games, as we all know, Bills and Bengals, did not finish. My answer was I just decided to list it in my, my, in my thought of who can make a run the best. Who can go on a run the best? That's what I decided to do. What about the best teams? And I think that's what it comes down okay, to. Okay, fair. Uh, but, but, but I told you through the prism of who can make the run. <laughs> These power rankings. I mean, who can make the run? These are, because as you'll hear in the, uh, in the so-called drop, oh. uh, they're, these are my power rankings. Hit it. This is my power rankings. Power rankings. That's right. That's right. Number 10 on this list is the New York football giants. I think they are sneaky. They are coming to Minnesota. It's Daniel Jones's first opportunity to say, I sound like Eli. <laughs> I act like Eli. Maybe I got a little bit of that Eli Manning in me in the playoffs where I'm just going to play out of my skull. We will see, won't we? Saquon's first taste as well in the postseason. Warning to the Minnesota Vikings. They're new to my power rankings list. I don't think I had the Giants top 10 all year long. Um, um, maybe, maybe in the first parts of the season, maybe, but certainly not the second half of the season. Number nine on the list of the Chargers. I, ah, uh, they can, they can be that proverbial team to go on a run that nobody's thinking. They have got playmakers all over the lot, and I cannot wait to see Justin Herbert in winner go home time. This is it. With certainly with Sean Payton circling around SoFi. Wondering if that plane is going to land at LAX, even though he already lives out here. I'm done with the analogy. (laughs) He's out there, and he looms, and I can't wait to see what the Chargers do with Justin Herbert. Can they go on a run? That's no change. They were ninth in my last power rankings list, which, by the way, was December 21st. Keep that in mind. Number eight, I've got the Vikings down one spot right here on a power rankings list. Eighth. They are eighth. I just don't like the way they finished the season. And I don't like how they played in big games. I just don't. They got boat raced by the Cowboys. You know, they had to come out with the biggest comeback of all time. They needed a fourth and 18 grab at Buffalo and needed Josh Allen a fumble. You know, I I, I don't know, but uh, that's number eight on Can my list. Can one more? Huh? Yes. Right, we'll get one more. Yes. I'll give you another number eight. This is where <laughs> I put the Ravens if Lamar plays and is active and is Lamar. With this defense where Roquan's paid oh. and J.K. Dobbins is playing in a in a winner go home game. He oh. I love, by the way, meeting him and talking to him. He's really got the it factor. 
I'm concerned about their receivers, but they can play defense. And if Lamar can show up, I put them there and the Vikings 9, Chargers 10, and the Giants drop off the list. Number seven on the list, up three spots. I believe I'll put the Jaguars here. The Jaguars are balling out on defense. And let's see what Trevor Lawrence looks like. Last playoff game we saw him play, right? It was in college. De facto playoff game last week didn't look great. No, I know that, but the defense did, didn't they? Yeah. Defense special teams brought him home. Um, and so let's see. Let's see. Uh, and I, I, I might even take – I think I'm taking the Jaguars this weekend too. I kind of like them. I kind of like them to maybe go on a run. Number six is where I've got your Dallas Cowboys, TJ. Six. Yeah, I got them at six because I think they lose to every single team above them on my list. Including the team they're playing? Um, No, I don't even have the team they're playing on this list. I don't even have them there. That's why I, that's, I, I, I hate the way they played the last month of the season. And I don't use that word a lot. I dislike it intensely. And I'm not, I'm not feeling great. But I still love their talent. And that's why I got them there at six. Number five down three spots are the Bills. Um, I, I I know that they've got a lot going for them. Uh, feeling, you know, they're getting healthier. Micah Hyde is going to be active. I don't know, or they hope he's active. I don't know if he's going to play. Um, but I just kind of like the Bengals in front of him at four. I think the Bengals would have won that game on that Monday night. I think that a lot of I, I I do too. Joe Burrow, bro. Those are the three words, Joe Burrow, bro. <laughs> Number three on the list, down two spots because I'm concerned about their health are the Philadelphia Eagles. If they were fully healthy, I would have them maybe on the top. But right here, I'm, I'm, I, I put them three on my list. Number two, up three spots from the last time are the Chiefs. Not a fan of the way they finished also, but I think they're going to get healthier, and you got to go to them. Uh, and that neutral site game, if it happens, would be fascinating. But number one is a team that I think is going to win it. I chose them uh, on Thanksgiving, and I'm going to keep with them. The Niners have it. The only thing they don't have is a quarterback with experience, and that may not matter. And that may not matter. But right now, they have got everything you need. Playmakers all over the place, and anybody can score. Anybody. Defense and offense. From the spot where they got the ball, they can score on that spot to take it to the house. And that's my power rankings going into the playoffs. Dion coming up. Comments, concerns, thoughts. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Jags over Chargers. Chargers. Chargers got to go all the way across the country. We'll find yeah. out if Mike Williams can play. Joey Bosa. I don't know, bro. No Bucks. No Bucks at ten. I didn't put him there. I I I I like the Giants in yeah. Minnesota. What's what is uh, the town where Mo Green does not have a plaque or a signpost yeah. to uh, honor his field, field founding goal. of the city? Vikings by a field goal. Ooh. I think that's going to be everyone's kind of sexy upset pick this week, Giants. Well, because the Vikings have not really shown very much, have they? In the final throws, I know, but they're better. They're they're obviously more talented at. Basically every skill position. And then the Giants are one of those people that will just watch Kenny Galladay have a three-touchdown game. He had a, did he, he have a touchdown he on did, Week 18? with a beautiful one-handed like, grab. Where, where, where's that? Watch, Daniel Jones is going to find him like Mario Manningham. 
<laughs> Seriously? In my nightmares. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about the playoffs, right? Because stuff like that can happens. happen. I and know. It does happen. Yeah. And then someone's going to catch fire, and it's going to be great. I think it'll be great. Eight-year <laughs> yeah. anniversary of the Dez that he caught it. Oh, I mean, why are you bringing that game. up? I'm in a good mood. I'm just saying today. anything can happen. And yesterday great was the, the anniversary of the catch by Dwight Clark. Thanks. Deion Sanders coming up. <laughs>